I heard a story this week about a pastor who uh, phoned some recent visitors to his church. It was a family that had come and checked out their church, and he wanted to follow up and just welcome them and greet them. And so he called their home, and on the other end of the line, a very quiet whisper answered, Hello. And the pastor said, Oh, hello. Uh, who is this? And the whispered voice on the other end of the line said, Well, this is Jimmy. And the pastor said, Oh, hi, Jimmy. How, how old are you, Jimmy? Jimmy said, I'm four. And the pastor said, Okay, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, is your mom home? She's busy. Oh, okay. Jimmy, uh, how about your dad? Is your dad home? He's busy too. Oh, okay. Jimmy, uh, are, are there any other adults in your house? Jimmy said, the police. <clears throat> the pastor said, the police? And uh, he said, well, well, could I talk to one of the police officers, Jimmy? And Jimmy said, well, they're busy too. And the pastor said, okay, well, Jimmy, are, are, are there any other adults in the house today? And Jimmy said, the firemen. And the pastor said, the firemen? He said, well, could, could I talk to one of the firemen, Jimmy? And Jimmy said, well, they're busy too. And the pastor, he, he's thinking, well, Jimmy, what, what, what are they all busy doing? Jimmy says, they're looking for me. <laughs> <clears throat> you got to love a good game of hide and seek, right? Well, I, I share this story with us this morning because today we are going to look at the story of a man in the Gospel of Luke who also tried to hide. Except he wasn't hiding from the police or his parents or the firemen. He was trying to hide from God. But instead of hiding from God, what he discovered and what we're going to see in our passage this morning is he discovered a God of love whose grace seeks out and finds those who are lost and far from him. Now, you may have heard of the man in our story today. His name is Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a wee little man. In fact, a wee little man was he. <clears throat> I think a lot of us here know the story of Zacchaeus from our Sunday school days and the, the felt boards and Awana stories. But the story of Zacchaeus is a popular story. It's a well-known story. But today I want to highlight some aspects of the story of Zacchaeus that maybe you've never considered before. And so we're going to look at the story of Zacchaeus. It's found in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And what we're going to see here in this story is the story of this wee little man who encountered the very big grace of God. It's an incredible story of God's grace and how he seeks out lost people. So what I want to do this morning, I'm going to read the passage for us, and then I want to come and I want to highlight for us today four truths out of this passage that really speak to the essence of the gospel, the heart of the gospel message as we see it here in the story of Zacchaeus. Luke 19, 1 through 10, Jesus entered Jericho <clears throat> excuse me, and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. 
All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too was a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. It's a short, simple little story, but in it we find the essence of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to highlight four truths in our passage this morning that really bring out the nature of the gospel. And the first of these truths is found in verses 1 through 4. Point number one, the reality that sin hides. Sin hides, and sin leads to hiding. Back in the late 1980s, there was a Steve Martin movie that came out called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. You may remember the movie, the whole, the whole story of the movie was Steve Martin and Michael Caine. They were two con men. And, and the whole premise of the movie is they were competing to basically out-con the other guy and, and become the, the king of the con men in their community there. And they were known as the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels because of their antics and exploits. Well, Zacchaeus... <clears throat> excuse me, Zacchaeus would have fit right in as one of these dirty, rotten scoundrels. Luke tells us in his gospel that Zacchaeus had become very wealthy. He was a chief tax collector. And what that meant for Zacchaeus was that he was a really crooked individual. Uh, to be a tax collector 2,000 years ago in ancient Israel meant that Zacchaeus had turned his back on his family, had turned his back on his community, on his culture, even his faith, to become a collaborator with the Romans who were oppressing the Jewish people, who had occupied the land of Israel at that time. And so Zacchaeus had betrayed his people by joining up with the Romans to serve as a tax collector to take taxes from his own people to give back to the Roman Empire. Now, the way the Roman Empire would pay the tax collectors is they would tell them how much they needed to collect in order to pay the tax, but then they told the tax collectors, your salary is anything that you can get above and beyond that. So, for example, Zacchaeus made his wealth by going to his neighbors and saying, hey, you owe 100 bucks this month, but by the way, you have to pay 125 And so he would skim the 25 off of the top, give the Romans the 100 and keep the rest for himself. And he had become very wealthy doing this. In fact, as the chief tax collector, he had probably a handful of tax collectors working under him, kind of like a pyramid scheme where he was gaining profits off of their dirty, rotten exploits in taxing their family and neighbors. But Zacchaeus was a real scoundrel. And I think that oftentimes we have this misrepresentation of Zacchaeus from our Sunday school days and our stories that we hear as kids, we have this sympathetic view of Zacchaeus as if he was this guy who, you know, he's running through the crowds, climbing up a tree. He, he wants to see Jesus so bad. But that wasn't the case with, that, with Zacchaeus at all. Zacchaeus wasn't a sympathetic figure. He was a dirty figure. He was somebody who abused his own people, who robbed them and stole from them. And I think... If we could go back in time and meet Zacchaeus and talk to him, I think what we would have found is that Zacchaeus was also a very empty person. 
because he had no friends. Nobody loved him. He had cheated everybody in his community. He had robbed everybody in his community. He had no friends. He had turned his back on his culture, on his religion. Tax collectors weren't allowed to go to the temple. They weren't allowed to go and worship or offer sacrifices. So, in, in other words, he had traded everything good in his life for the sake of financial gain, for his greed, for his wealth. And I think Zacchaeus was a really empty person. He was a sinner, and he knew he was a sinner. But he was trapped. At least that's what he thought. He was enslaved by his sin. But Zacchaeus heard one day that Jesus was coming through town. And Zacchaeus was curious about this guy named Jesus. See, maybe Zacchaeus had heard the story back in Luke chapter 5 of another tax collector named Levi, who Jesus embraced and offered forgiveness to. The, the, the community of tax collectors in ancient Israel, it wasn't a big group of people, friends. I mean, as the chief tax collector, Zacchaeus very likely had heard about the transformation that took place in Levi's life. And so now maybe Zacchaeus is thinking, maybe, maybe the same could happen for me. Maybe I could encounter God through Jesus, just like I heard about Levi doing. And, and not only that, but remember what took place just 30 minutes before this story I just read. As Jesus was entering Jericho, remember two weeks ago our sermon focused on blind Bartimaeus, remember? The same day, same town, 30 minutes earlier, Jesus had just healed this blind guy. And now the crowds are following Jesus, praising Jesus. And so Zacchaeus hears all the commotion. And he hears Jesus is coming through town. And he's curious. He's a broken man. He has no friends. He has no family. He has no relationship with God. And he hears that Jesus is coming through town. The guy who everybody's been talking about who's been doing miracles up in Galilee, who's welcomed sinners, who's embraced tax collectors. And I think Zacchaeus was probably thinking, I, I just want to get a glimpse of this guy. I want to see what he's all about. But you see, I, I don't think Zacchaeus, while he was curious about Jesus, I don't think he was curious enough to really want to cry out to Jesus. You see, Zacchaeus, when he, climbed, he went and climbed a sycamore tree to get a view of Jesus, but, but he didn't really want Jesus to see him, right? If he really wanted Jesus to see him, he didn't need to climb a tree. He could have just yelled out like Bartimaeus did on the side of the road, Son of David, have mercy on me. But he didn't cry out to Jesus because I don't think Zacchaeus knew whether or not he really wanted Jesus to meet him or get to know him because he was broken and he was a sinner and he thought he was so far gone and so lost. What, what would Jesus ever want with me? But he was curious. And so he went looking. And Zacchaeus ends up climbing up this sycamore tree. And you can see a picture of the sycamore tree behind me here. Sycamore trees had short, stocky trunks with wide lateral branches. And Zacchaeus climbed up the sycamore tree. Friends, take a look at this tree. You don't climb into a sycamore tree just to look at somebody, to see somebody, you climb into a sycamore tree to stay hidden. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to see anybody up there. You see, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but he wasn't so sure he wanted Jesus to see him because he knew how lost he was, how sinful he was. 
And I think there are many of us, I'd bet there's some of us even here this morning who have been in that exact situation. When you know you're living your life in error, you know you're living your life in rebellion against God, you're not happy with who you are, but you're not really sure you want to be honest about it with God, or if it's safe to be honest about it with God. And so you just kind of hide. You hide your sins. You keep them buried away. You don't want anyone to see, and you certainly don't want God to see. Friends, that's what sin does. Sin leads to hiddenness. It causes us to hide in shame from the very one who wants to free us from our shame. Sin and hiding have gone hand in hand since the fall of humanity. From the very beginning, since the original sin. You remember Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve? God said to them, you can eat anything you want in the garden. This whole place is yours to enjoy. But this tree over here, you don't touch that tree. And remember, Satan came along and he tempted Adam and Eve. And he said, what's God trying to keep from you? Oh, man, you know what? If you eat that fruit, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God. And Adam and Eve, they bought into the lie. They bought into the temptation and they ate of the forbidden fruit. And suddenly their eyes were open. They recognized their rebellion, their sin. And they were ashamed. And what did they do? They tried to hide. They tried to cover up their nakedness because they were ashamed. They They tried to hide in the woods, hiding from God because of their shame. See, that's what sin does. It leads us to hide. And maybe you're here this morning, and, and, and maybe you find yourself in that very same place as Zacchaeus. Maybe you're here this morning and and metaphorically you're sitting up in the fig tree and and you're here today because you're kind of curious about, you know, maybe this Jesus stuff I've been hearing about really could do something. But yet there's some sin in your life that you're hiding and you're not quite sure you want to bring that out into the open. You're not quite sure you want God to really know everything it is that you've been struggling with. Maybe there's some addiction in your life that you've been wrestling with. Maybe there's an inappropriate relationship that you're involved in right now. Maybe you've been harboring some secret bitterness or anger or hatred against another person. And so you're here today, but in one sense you're not really here. You're kind of hiding. See, that's what sin does. And you know the thing about hiding? The thing about sin and hiding, friends, just like Zacchaeus running through that crowd and climbing up that tree, It's tiring. It's exhausting living that way. Always trying to hide your sin, to cover up your sin and your shame, putting on a front for everyone. It's an exhausting way to live. I remember when I was in high school, my senior year in high school, I kind of got involved in some of the party scene in my school, Eden Prairie High School, and started hanging out with some kids that weren't the best influence on me. And, And I remember... One afternoon after school, I drove down to the local gas station and I bought a pack of Marlboro cigarettes. And, uh, and I thought, you know, this is going to be cool. I'm going to go to the party tonight. I'm going to smoke some cigarettes and, you know, I'll look pretty cool. This is back in the day when smoking cigarettes was actually cool, but, you know, not, not as if it really ever was. But So I had this pack of Marlboros. But you know what happened? 
this pack of Marlboros, which I thought was going to make me cool, pretty soon it ended up becoming like this heavy stone that I was carrying around with me all the time. Because, you see, I, I, went, I went home that evening and I tucked them away in my sock drawer and I went to school the next morning. But you know what I did? I spent all day at school worrying, what if my mom does my laundry today and finds the cigarettes? And so all day long, I'm burdened by fear and worry. And so I get home and I decide, you know what, I, I got to hide these somewhere else. And so I start, you know, freaking out, where can I hide these cigarettes? And so I, I decide, I go, I'm going to put them out in my glove compartment in my car. And so I stick them in my glove compartment. Oh, they'll be safe there. Until that afternoon when my dad decides he's going to go and do something nice for me and get a, get a car wash for me. And so my dad goes to get a car wash and I'm freaking out the whole time. What if he opens that glove compartment? What if he finds those cigarettes? I'm in trouble. Oh, he didn't find them. Holy cow, that was a close one. So he gets home, and, and I'm freaking out again, trying to figure out where am I going to hide my cigarettes. And, and, and it's just like this burden, and it just gets you exhausted. Living that way, trying to hide your sin, trying to cover up your rebellion. I think all of us can relate to that. But the good news of the gospel today is that Jesus came to free us from the burden of sin and hiding. We don't have to live enslaved to sin. And that leads me to point number two this morning. Jesus seeks. While sin hides, Jesus seeks. He looks for lost and hidden people, people hiding in their sin and shame. And in the midst of that, Jesus seeks us out. Zacchaeus is hiding up in the sycamore tree, but Jesus sees right through the front of the leaves and the branches, and Jesus sees through to Zacchaeus. And he recognizes this wee little man hiding in his sin and in his shame and his brokenness. And Jesus calls him out of hiding. Zacchaeus, come down. You and I, Zacchaeus, we need to spend some time together. In fact, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Jesus invited Zacchaeus into a relationship. Jesus invited himself over to Zacchaeus' home. And in that culture, friends, that was, that was a sign of acceptance. That was a sign of, of embrace. Jesus welcomed Zacchaeus even in his sin. He sought him out. When I was in college... I spent three summers working for uh, a Christian camp out in the Sierra Nevada mountains of California. We used to take kids on backpack trips up into the backcountry. And one, one weekend, we took a group of 20 junior high, high school boys on a backpack trip up into the mountains. And we, uh, one of our afternoons out there, we climbed a mountain peak called Shut Eye Peak. And uh, it was an awesome time. We climbed to the top of this mountain. It was like 80 degrees up, but there was snow up there, you know. And so we were having snowball fights and in our shorts and T-shirts. It was just a great afternoon. Well, as the day was winding on, we decided we're going to hike back down to our base camp. And one of the other counselors, uh, a friend of mine, his name was Patch. And that was his nickname. Patch decided that he wanted to stay on top of the mountain for a while and just spend some time with the Lord praying and doing some devotions. And so we, th we thought, hey, great, that's awesome, man. We'll take the kids down. You're all good. So we went down to base camp, and about an hour went by, and Patch hadn't come back yet. About two hours went by, and, and we still no sign of Patch. And now we started getting a little worried because we're thinking, okay, did, did, did he get lost? Did he, did he hurt himself? Did he fall? I mean, where, where is he? 
So we got all the guys together, and me and the counselors, we broke off into two groups, and we sent one group back up the path to the top of the peak the way we had gone earlier that day, and the other group went around the base of the mountain to just see if he had you know, wandered, away, wandered away and gotten lost somewhere. Well, we searched frantically for two hours as it was getting dark that evening, calling out to Patch, yelling out his name. And finally, after two hours, the group that had circled around the other side of the mountain, they finally saw Patch off in the distance. And they heard his yell. And when they found Patch, he was sitting on a rock with tears rolling down his face, this this 24-year-old college-age kid. He had gotten lost out in the wilderness. He didn't know where he was. From the top of the mountain, looking down, everything looked the same. And he had gone down the wrong side of the mountain. And he was lost and terrified, and, and he sat there just hoping, praying somebody would come looking for him. And my friends and I had gone out to search for Patch. And friends, just as we refused to quit searching for our lost friend, we would have searched as long as it took to find him. In the very same way, Jesus was willing to go to whatever lengths necessary to find lost people like you and like me. Jesus left his home in heaven, his glory in heaven to come into this world to seek out lost people. Ezekiel 34, verses 11 through 12 and 15 and 16, great passage written by the prophet Ezekiel, a prophecy that he received from the Lord 600 years before Jesus. The prophet Ezekiel, 600 years before Jesus came, speaking on behalf of the Lord, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on the day of clouds and darkness. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. See, friends, that's the heart of our God. The heart of our God is a God who seeks out lost people people who are far from him. And 600 years after this prophecy was given, Jesus Christ broke into human history, God in human flesh, to seek out lost people who were hidden in their sin, hidden in their shame, far from God. As verse 10 of our passage this morning says, Luke 19.10, Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. That's the heart of our God. Understand this this morning, friends. Jesus Christ is the hide-and-seek champion of the entire universe. His entire mission is to seek out lost people. And his love is relentless. And so I don't care where you are, where you are today. I don't care the sin that you come here with, that you're hiding, that you're struggling with, the burden you're bearing, the shame that you're trying to cover up. You have a God who loves you, who is relentlessly pursuing you. And and I want to remind you of this this morning. When we think about Jesus Christ, I mean, what have we learned about our Lord and Savior from the last two weeks? Our last two sermons. Two weeks ago, we looked at blind Bartimaeus. And what did we see? We see a Savior who stops for desperate people. Bartimaeus cries out in his desperation, and Jesus hears his cry, and he stops. 
And here today we see in the story of Zacchaeus that not only does Jesus stop for desperate people, but he seeks out those who are despairing. People burdened by their sin and their guilt and their shame. People who try to hide from God, Jesus seeks them out because he loves them. And so no matter who you are, whether you're desperate and crying out for a fresh touch from the Lord or despairing because you're so burdened and tired from your sin and hiding, you need to understand this, friends. Jesus is looking for you today. And maybe today is the day he finds you. Maybe that's the entire reason you're here this morning. You see, there's a God in heaven who loves you. And he's never going to give up on you. And just like Zacchaeus, Jesus is calling out to you today. And he's saying, hey, it's time to quit hiding. Come out of your hiding. Why don't you and I spend some time together? Jesus wants to extend that grace to you this morning. Are you ready to experience that new life Jesus offers? Are you ready to come out of hiding and and experience the grace of God? If that's where you're at this morning, our passage today has some more good news for you. Truth number three this morning, salvation relieves. Sin hides, Jesus seeks, and salvation relieves. Zacchaeus knew he was a sinner, and so he gladly came out of hiding at Jesus' invitation. He had nobody else in his life. Nobody loved him. Nobody cared of him. He was a dirty, rotten scoundrel. And now Jesus, Jesus has invited me to come down. And he wants to spend time with me. I mean, what a a scene this must have been. Here is this wee little man, despised by everybody in his community, who is just thrilled, thrilled to be invited by Jesus to come into his presence. The wee little man who experienced the very big grace of God. And I want you to note, friends, the reaction of the crowd here in our passage. What does the crowd do? The crowd mutters to themselves. Oh, look at him. He's going to hang out with a sinner. Friends, I want you to notice here, the crowd only highlights all the more how incredible the gospel truly is. The fact that the crowd had given up on Zacchaeus, the fact that the crowd mutters in disgust that Jesus would hang out with this sinner, the fact that the crowd responded this way only highlights all the more how incredible the grace of Jesus is because Jesus seeks out even those that the crowd has given up on. That's what our Lord does. And and so you might be here today and you might think that you are totally hopeless and everybody has given up on you and your family's given up on you and your friends have given up on you and you're despairing of life itself and yet you need to know this morning you have a God who loves you. Jesus loves you. He seeks out lost people in our sin and our hiddenness. And here in the story of Zacchaeus, we discover the key to overcoming our sin. We need to come out of hiding, friends. We need to come out of hiding, and we need to let Jesus deal with it. Because Jesus wants to relieve you of that burden. You don't have to bear that burden anymore. He wants to take that burden from you so that you can experience new life. 
The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 21 tells us that God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. That is the gospel, friends. God, in his great love, seeks out hidden people trapped in their sin and shame and despair. Jesus seeks them out. He offers them a grace that is incredibly huge. And he says, you know what? I am going to stand in your place. I'm going to bear the punishment that you deserve. And I'm going to bring you back into a right relationship with God. One of my favorite books I've read in recent years is a story called Unbroken. Some of you may have seen the movie based on the story. It's the story of Louis Zamperini. He was a gold medalist in the Olympics who signed up to go and serve in the U.S. Air Force in World War II. His plane was shot down by the Japanese over the Pacific, and after surviving for weeks at sea in a small life raft, he was caught by the Japanese and taken to a prisoner of war camp in Japan. If you've never read the book or seen the movie, it's an absolutely incredible story of faith and sacrifice. Louis Zamperini went on to serve as an evangelist later in his life with the Billy, Graham, Billy Graham's ministry. Just an incredible story, incredible testimony. One of the most powerful stories in the book and in the movie is a scene at the prisoner of war camp in Japan when one of Louis's friends is caught stealing from the Japanese guards. He's caught stealing a bowl of fish and rice. The POWs, the American POWs, they were starving to death. They were desperate. Well, one of Louis's friends is caught stealing food from the guards, and so the Japanese guards take him out into the center courtyard, and they start beating this guy to death in front of all the prisoners. And Louis, his friend, who was also a lieutenant, who was his superior in rank, Louis steps forward as the guards are beating his friends, and he orders them, stop! And Louis says, I will stand in his place. And the guards in their hatred and contempt for the POWs there, they turned on Louis. And the guards grabbed Louis and they held his arms and they stood him up in the center of the parade grounds and they told his fellow brothers, his POWs, each one of you in this camp, over 100 men, will take turns punching Louis in the face as hard as you can. And if you don't, we will kill this man over here. And at first, the prisoner said, no, we're not going to do it. And Louis said, do it. Do it. And so Louis stood there for over an hour as prisoner after prisoner took turns, punching him in the face. He bore the wrath of those guards. He bore the punishment of his brother, his fellow prisoner so that he could live. Friends, that's what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me. Jesus has stood in our place. He bore the wrath that we deserved. He took the punishment that we owed, and he took it upon himself. As Paul says, he who had no sin became sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, salvation relieves us of the burden of our sin and our shame. And it's all because of Jesus Christ.
Truth number four this morning, we see in the story of Zacchaeus, the message of the gospel that grace frees. Salvation relieves and grace frees. The grace that Jesus offers us frees us from the power of sin. Now I want you to notice what happened to Zacchaeus after he encountered Jesus. He was set free from the sin that once dominated his life. Before he met Jesus, an idol sat on the throne of Zacchaeus' heart. Money was his God. Greed was his master. And he was enslaved by sin. And you see, that's how sin works, friends. It promises freedom, but it always comes with a cost. I remember when I was in college, I got a, uh, an offer in my P.O. box at school one day from Visa. And it was to sign up for a credit card. It was the Chase Freedom Card. And I had never had a credit card before. And I thought to myself, wow, the, the Chase Freedom Card. Man, I could get this and I'd be free. I could get anything I wanted. So I signed up for the Chase Freedom Card. And it came in the mail a few weeks later. And now, man, I, I was able to go out to eat every night. I was able to go down to Rosedale and go shopping, buy all the clothes I wanted. I was free. I had the freedom to do anything because I had this Chase Freedom Card. And it was great until the bill showed up. And I quickly discovered that being enslaved to debt is far from being free. You see, that's what sin does. Sin gets us to buy into a lie that says this is where life is found. This is where freedom is found. But you always end up a slave to debt. The good news of the gospel, though, friends, is what we see in Luke 19, verse 10. Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. He came to free us by his grace. And maybe you're here this morning and you find yourself in a place in life where you're trapped by the choices you've made. Maybe you think there's no hope for you today. Maybe you're looking and searching and praying for some kind of a rescue. A couple weeks ago, I was teaching out on the Oregon coast. One afternoon when I had some free time, I went to a place called Cape Kiwanda State Natural Area. Now, nobody ever accused your pastor of being the brightest bulb on the tree. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but I, my brother was with me, and I said to my brother, hey, we got to get a picture of this. There's got to be a sermon illustration there somewhere, right? <laughs> so I climbed across the side of the fence where it says, don't go beyond this point, and Later that afternoon, we stopped at a local coffee shop and we found out that not long ago before this picture was taken, a hiker had climbed down into the cliffs below us. And as the tide came in, he got caught on a, on a rock edge as the waves started crashing in higher and higher against the cliffs. And the U.S. Coast Guard had to fly out in a helicopter and lower a cage and pluck him off the edge of that precipice as the waves were coming in. Maybe that's where you find yourself today. Maybe you feel like you've gone so far from the Lord. You're so far gone in your sin and in your shame and in your hiddenness. And you don't know if there's ever a way that you could be brought back to life. Or no real life. Or real hope or real joy again. And friends, Jesus came to rescue you from that precipice. He came to lift you up and bring you back to life and bring you back to life to the full. You no longer have to be a slave to your sin and your shame and your hiding. Like Zacchaeus, 
Jesus is calling out to you today. Come on out. Let's spend some time together. Friends, if that's what you'd like in your life this morning, the Apostle Paul tells us the key, Romans 10, 9, and 10. He says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your mouth, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you, are, that you confess and are saved. Jesus Christ can rescue you. No matter who you are, no matter how far gone you think you are, no matter how long you've been hiding in your sin, if you'll call out to Jesus and come on out, he'll embrace you and put you back on the path to life. Let's close in a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the grace that we see here in the passage of the story of Zacchaeus. God, we thank you that you are a Lord who seeks out lost and hidden people. We thank you, God, that even in our sin and our shame, you welcome us with your grace. You relieve us of the burden of our sin. You put us back on the path that leads to life and life to the full. And I pray, Lord, if there's anybody here this morning who is finding themselves trapped in the, in the burden of sin and shame and hiding, that maybe today is the day, Lord, that they discover your grace. Maybe today is the day that they put their hope in Jesus. And I pray, friend, if you're here this morning and you need to know the good news of the grace of Jesus, that you'll just invite him into your heart today. That as Paul says here in Romans 10, 9, and 10, that you'll just confess with your mouth, Jesus, I believe you are my Lord. I believe you are my Savior. I believe that you are the Messiah. And I put my trust in you today. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. Jesus, we thank you for your incredible grace. In your precious name we pray, amen. Friends, if you're here this morning and you'd like somebody to pray with you, our elders will be here at the front of the stage. If you need somebody to pray with you about your hiddenness, your shame, we're here for you. Come on down. I leave you with these words from the book of Jude, verses 1 and 2. To those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Amen.